Hey everybody, Dave Riesinger back again. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, for joining us today. Uh, we have something very, very special that we want to introduce starting this week. And so I'm going to get into that in a moment. But first I want to start off with this idea of in life, there really are not many guarantees. Uh, there's a, a few guarantees, I guess. One guy said the only guarantees in life are death and taxes. Um, but for the most part, there's not much we can fully rely on as 100% faithful, true, and consistent. You know, when you buy something, you go to the store, um, they'll usually offer you a warranty um, or some type of guarantee. And, and what's that all about? You're investing money, you're, you're, you're hard-earned money, and you're putting it into this purchase. And if it comes with a guarantee, there's a sense of security and comfort that comes with it. You'd hate to buy something, especially if it's expensive and it breaks down on you because you didn't have a guarantee, you couldn't go back and collect your money or whatever. And uh, in, in life, the problem with that is, is that we live in a world, as we're seeing right now, that things just change. You know, your guarantee is only as strong and solid as the guarantor, right? And I, I, I don't know if you remember a boat, it was called the Titanic. And this boat was supposed to be unsinkable until its maiden voyage when it hit a, uh, an iceberg. Uh, you see sports athletes, they make predictions, they guarantee, I'm a boxing fan, right? I, I like the fight game, but I'm gonna knock this guy out in round two and it doesn't happen and you know that guy ends up eating his words sometimes because he ends up losing the fight or he gets knocked out in the second round. You know, and I, th I think about this, like I was reading in January about uh, from economists and stock analysts. And what they were talking about is that they guaranteed, some of these guys, they guaranteed that nothing could stop this bull market run that has been so historic. And then just a month or so later, COVID-19 happened and that bull market um, came to an end. Now I'm not saying the economy won't recover, but it's just interesting how in life, there really is no guarantee. And yet, it's something that we want. It's something we cling to. Uh, for instance, I have, I have a strong opinion. I have some strong opinions about the future. Um, I, I really believe certain things. Like, there are certain companies that I invest in um, that I think are going to change the way the world operates. I think that they're going to be uh, drivers for the way culture is, is shifted and shaped. And uh, I feel very confident, so I invest. But I'm not going out publicly saying, hey, I guarantee this will happen. Number one, I'm not Warren Buffett. And, uh, and number two, there is no guarantee. There's only one real solid guarantee that we can cling to. And this is the journey I want to invite you to be a part of. God's word is so perfect, it is so pure, it is so accurate, it is so faithful that God promises that if you will embrace the truth of the word, if you'll live according to the truth of the word, that he puts his own guarantee as the creator of all things. And he says, if you live by my word and by my truth, my promises are yes and amen. Now this is so exciting because think about it. There are some scriptures that are gray area. There are some scriptures that uh, you know are up for interpretation. 
Um, but there are very black and white promises that God has put in his word. And he says things like this, Isaiah 55, 11, about his own word. Through the prophet Isaiah, uh, God says this, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Now think about that. This is God himself who is all-powerful, who's all-knowing, who is perfect in all his ways, and he's saying that me, God, who cannot lie, I'm guaranteeing that my word, when you embrace it and when I send it forth, it's going to accomplish what I send it forth to accomplish. Jesus reiterates this, and in John 15, 7 through 8, we see this. Jesus says, he makes a pretty bold statement here. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Now, what does it mean for the word of God or Jesus' words to abide in us? The word abide means to, to take up residence, to have a home, to have a place, right? If the words of God abide in you, then Jesus says this, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. That's a, that's a pretty bold guarantee. But God, in all of his ways, in all of his desires, in his will, he wants to pull us closer to him. And so what he did is he gave us these 66 books from Genesis to Revelation and he said, if you'll live by this, I have given you a love letter. I've given you this book as my heart and my instructions to life and godliness, to the abundant life. Do you know that the Bible, it, it, it deals with everything from investing money to marriage, to conflict re resolution, um, how to avoid an alien abduction. I mean, I know you can wear a tinfoil hat and that usually works. Uh, but there are certain type of, I'm kidding, there's, there's nothing in there about alien abductions. But almost everything you can think of or face in life, God's word deals with. So here's what I want to do. And, and, and I'm going to unfold this a little later, but um, we're going to invite you onto a 46-day journey beginning April 20th. That'll be day one of our 46-day journey. And I want to invite you into um, exploring God's word in a fresh and creative way. I want to invite you to dive into the guarantee that God has given us uh, if we love his word and if we engage it and we let the word of God abide in us as we abide in Christ. Uh, more specifically, not just the, the Bible, but the book of John. And uh, in this 46-day journey through the book of John, uh, we're going to take a look at who Jesus was in a way that John paints it um, that brings to life the very heartbeat of God. Uh, and, and again, I'm going to explain how you get a free copy of this. We're giving this out for free and we want you just to partake of it. We want you to go through it with your family. We want you to set a new habit in your life that's going to truly bless you and propel you forward in the guarantees of his promises. Um, but some of you might be asking, well, why the book of John? It, it's not like the book of John is better than any other book. In fact, the Bible says that all scripture is inspired. It's all given by God. It's the Holy Spirit who is the author, if you will. I mean, God's the author, but by his spirit, 
He inspired writers and they penned these scriptures. God allowed their personalities and their experiences to be involved. Um, but God, through his spirit, spoke to these authors. And so when you look at the full gamut of everything that was written and how well it ties together, um, we see that all books in the Bible help paint a picture, a beautiful picture or a fuller picture of who Jesus is, of God's story, and our place, you and I, our place being invited into God's story. So when you look at John, it's one of the four Gospels. Uh, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the Synoptic Gospels. Uh, John is not one of the Synoptic Gospels, but what Synoptic means is synoptic means same view. So you see Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and what they do is they have a very similar view or perspective of Jesus. Now watch this. This is why uh, I'd like everybody to go through the book of John um, because although they all build on the person of Christ, John takes a different view. He takes a different angle. You look, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, they, they look at Jesus from his ministry, his miracles. Uh, they look at his history in scripture coming from Abraham. They look at the promises in the Old Testament that led up to him, but they're looking at what Jesus did and they're looking at what he said, but John is actually taking a look at who Jesus was. You know, you can know what I've done and what I've said, that's one way to know me. But my wife knows me much more deep and intimate than other people do. She knows me up close and personal. And so here's what I love about John. As we go through the book of John, he, he, he zooms in on Jesus' humanity. He zooms in on the intimate conversations that Jesus had. If you look at the Synoptic Gospels, they deal with like Jesus speaking to large crowds. They deal with Jesus doing miracles and the masses are, are blessed. Yeah, he, they talk about Jesus and some of the conversations that he had, but if you look in John, you don't really see conversations with crowds. You see the camera zoom in and you see Jesus having intimate, personal, deep conversations with individuals. You see Jesus, the human side of him. You see his heart. In fact, John gives us such an intimate look at Christ that if you really read and you lean your heart into it, you can feel the heartbeat of God painting who Jesus was, which is the visible image of the invisible God. Now, why is this important? Uh, we'll get into this in later weeks, but the Bible says that Jesus is the Word. So when I have my Bible, it's not just a bunch of words on a page. It's literally Jesus is the Word of God made flesh and blood. He became a human and the Word of God moved into our neighborhood. And then the Word of God says, if you believe in me, you put your trust in me, the living Word. I want to take up residence in you. I want to abide in you so that you can be one with me. Think about that. We are called to have a relationship with the very Word of God. Now, this is so cool because God's Word is extremely powerful. It's by His Word that God created everything. And his word, the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So there's a guarantee 
that if we love the truth, we embrace the truth, that the things that we're struggling with in our life that have us in chains and bondage, that at the word of God, we can be set free, right? So check this out. There's a few quotes that I've heard over the years, and I feel like they're so relevant to inviting us onto this journey in his word. Here's one that says, every other book that we have in existence, we read, but the Bible is the only book that will read you. I found that to be true in my life. There's just something about God's living word that when you read it and when you're going through the chapters, the word of God, because it is living, it's actually going through your life and it's searching your heart. And what I love about this is that God searches our heart not to find things to condemn us, but to find things in us to bring to the surface and like fire brings dross to the surface, the word of God will bring out the dross in our life. He also calls out the capacity and the person, the identity that we've been created with in Jesus. I love this too because think about this. Here's another idea about God's word and why it's so important. That if I'm an author, I'm gonna write a book thinking of my audience Right, so every author that's, most authors I would say, they're, they're thinking, man, I want to take these thoughts and ideas that I have and I want to put them to pen and I want to arrange it in such a way that the reader, whether they're generations from now after I'm long gone or whether they're purchasing this book on Amazon in another country, I'm not gonna be able to meet them. Uh, most authors are not gonna meet their, their readers. But the goal is, is that the author would have the ability to communicate to the reader so the reader can understand when that author is not present and can't explain what was in their heart. That's why they wrote it down. But you know that the Bible is the only book that is, you cannot understand the Bible unless the author is present. Think about this. Most authors can't sit with their reader. But the Bible, Jesus declares this so many times and we see it in 1 Corinthians that to understand the scriptures, the author has to be present. What does that mean? It means that it's only the Spirit of God who can illuminate to our hearts and our minds the truth that sets us free. Now, yeah, you can be a, uh, a Bible scholar. Maybe, I mean, there's, there's atheists that study the Bible. There are professors that don't actually believe Jesus raised from the dead, don't believe that he's the Messiah, but they have spent years studying and teaching the scriptures, right? So yeah, you can understand the history, you can understand the context, you can understand the narrative, you can understand the character development, you can understand how the different pieces fit together. You can understand a lot about God. But without the presence of the author, the Spirit of Christ, you can't know God. And here's the cool thing about the scriptures. When we read it and it reads us, it starts to bear fruit in our life. A fruit that we cannot produce. It's only the fruit produced by being attached to the vine, the life-giving trunk, giving life to the branches of the trees and on the branches we grow fruit like peace and joy, love, kindness, gentleness, patience, self-control, temperance, endurance, all of these things, love for one another, right? This is the promise of those who live 
to walk with the author and have those words abide in us. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says this, the person without the spirit does not, uh, does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. Listen, I want to tell you my story and I'm going to wrap up with this, but this is my journey with the scriptures the first time I encountered God's word. The first time I ever encountered God's word, I was pretty lost, I was pretty broken. And some of you watching today, you're, you might look great on the outside. You might look like you have it all together. You got a nice car, you got a nice house, maybe your family's intact to some degree, but maybe there's a, a, an emptiness in you and a brokenness in you. And you've, you've tried to fix it and nothing's worked. Or maybe you're just learning to live with the limp. Not realizing maybe that like God has promised a deep healing in your soul and in your life. And he says, if you'll come to me and you'll embrace these words, that this word will take its effect and it will be the, the healing touch that only the great physician can give. So check this out. I, I wanna like paint this picture and this might be kind of silly, but uh, this is what came to my mind. I, I didn't grow up liking to read at all, in fact, I don't like to admit it, but I'll just be straight up truthful. From the time I was born to the time I was almost 18 years old, I think I read two books cover to cover. Now, I could read, but I just, you know, hey, Dave, what do you want to do with your leisure time? Do you want to read a book? No, I'd rather shove a carrot peeler up my nose than read a book. That's how I thought about reading, okay? Go play basketball, yeah. Go get in trouble, yeah. I'd I'd, I'd do that. I didn't read, right? And and so I, I remember like, being introduced to this little booklet, the book of John. But I want to paint this picture in maybe a, a unique way, something that we can all relate with. I had this room. It was a converted garage. That's where I spent my time. So my mom, single mom, she's letting me, you know, kind of like do my thing and design my room the way I wanted. And I don't know about you, but most of us, if, if I go into your house, I'm gonna see things that reflect your interests, your passions, your identity, um, the things that we do, the way we spend our money, um, the trappings around us, the tattoos we get, right? You know, uh, they're usually a reflection of what's on the inside. Uh, that's why one guy can like this car because somehow that muscle car, it, it, it connects with his identity or the way he sees himself or maybe the, want, the way he wants to be seen. Somebody else drives a smart car, you know? And, and, and so my room was really a picture of what was going on inside and the way that I saw myself. And so let me just walk you through, let's take a virtual tour of my room. And there's a point to all this. I, I thought of it as, this was like my den of idols, right? I had all these idols or these items that connected to me. First, I had all my boxing gear. I was into boxing, so I had the heavy bag, I had the speed bag, and I used to go work out. Nothing really wrong with that, but um, then I had the chandelier, and the chandelier was made of alcohol bottles, right? Uh, so I would string it together with like fishing wire and hung it from my ceiling. Some of these were the most choice, expensive bottles around, like St. Ides, Old English 800, Mad Dog 2020, uh, 
aka Satan syrup. Uh, so these, these were hanging from my ceiling. And then I lined my whole wall. My goal, here's my big goal as a 17 year old boy, was to line my whole wall with alcohol bottles. And, and if I could make it around the room, somehow I think maybe I accomplished something, right? Uh, then I had hood ornaments that uh, I stole off a car. So on my wall, I had Mercedes and uh, you know Cadillac and whatever. I would just yank hood ornaments off, steal them. So if you had a hood ornament stolen in the early 90s in the Milwaukee area, I apologize. It was probably hanging on my wall, or I hate to admit it, it was probably around my neck um, as a necklace at some point. If you've had hood, or, hood ornaments stolen in the last six months in the Tacoma area, I apologize. I still have a weakness and I'm working on it. I didn't steal your hood ornament, just in case. Um, another thing on my wall, so I had a, a calendar. And I'll just say, I'll leave it at this. It, it, this calendar was not the 12 women of the Bible calendar, and we'll move on. I also had a music collection, right? So my favorite, I had my tapes, that, you know, tapes back then. Uh, I had Mint Condition and, and Guy and Jodeci and Keith Sweat. I, I don't know, Keith can't, God bless you, Keith, if you're watching, man, you had a great career, but uh, I don't think the dude can sing, but I was into him. DJ Quick, Too Short, Ice Cube, Ice tea, ice cream, ice tray, ice coffee, anything with ice in it, uh, I love. That was my music collection, right? So I was thinking like, what if this was a Toy Story scenario? You know in Toy Story where the humans leave and then all the items or the toys, they come alive? What would have happened if these idols could speak? What would happen if these, these items that reflected my life could talk, especially when I brought in another item that just didn't fit. I brought in an item that just didn't go with the rest of it. This was the book of John. And I'll tell you how it ended up in my hands, but the book of John sitting on my headboard was so left field compared to everything else that was surrounding my life. You know how some things just don't go together, like the Ford Bronco, like the early 90s Ford Bronco with the huge mutter tires? Like to have a bumper sticker on that Bronco that says like, save the environment, those things just don't go together, right? Uh, another thing that doesn't go together, like you ever see somebody like just a thugged out gangster, right? He's rolling in like a 76 Chevy glass house on spinners with switches, three wheel motion, that's hydraulics. His base is hitting harder than a wrecking ball. To see this thugged out gangster in this type of vehicle wearing a seatbelt, that just doesn't go together, right? You can't be a thug and wear a seatbelt. You can't be like Westside Piru and safety first, right? It just didn't go together. And that's how I pictured the book of John laying there if these items could talk. So here's what happened. I ended up going to this Carmen concert and uh, Carmen wasn't my jam. If you like Ice Cube and DJ Quick, you're probably not rocking Carmen, okay? But I went with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and uh, you know, I was actually entertained. So my buddy Milo goes down to the altar, he grabs me, um, he's responding and receiving Jesus. I go down, long story short, I fill out this little card. I don't know what I was doing. They gave me this book of John. And I remember I took it home, I set it on the bed, and it sat there for a few days. One day I picked it up and I started reading it. And let me tell you what happened. It's not that it was the book of John, but God led me to see Jesus and see his plan for my life in a way that 
I've never known before. And so imagine this, a kid who doesn't want to read, a kid who's broken and lost, surrounded by these idols. And I remember when I read it, this might sound weird to you, but I was not a Christian. I didn't even know. I thought when they gave me the book of John, I thought it was a dude named John who must have been with Carmen who wrote a little book of like how to be a better person. I didn't even know it was a book in the Bible until they explained it to me. So I read it and I could feel the stress, the fear, and the anxiety diminish when I was reading it. I remember going to school and thinking like, I couldn't wait to get home and read this, this book again. I remember it was just searching me and what it was, it was the presence of the author with me. And as I read it, I could feel the Holy Spirit knocking on my door saying, Dave, I want a relationship with you. I have something so much better for you. You know, and it was not long after that. So I read this thing over and over and over and I couldn't get it out of my mind. And, and then soon after that, I received Christ. Uh, some of you heard the story for the sake of time because I want to wrap up here. Uh, I won't give you that story, but I remember that when I received Jesus, that the words on those pages started to come so to life that I looked around my room one day and I could, it was almost like the word of God was telling me, like, Dave, I want you to see these trappings in a new way. And now I saw they weren't just alcohol bottles, you know, and I know the Bible says, you know, uh, you know there's nothing wrong with having a drink, uh, but in moderation. But for me, the Lord was showing me, Dave, those bottles represent your escape, your medicine. You think you can numb your pain, but I'm offering you a peace with, that surpasses understanding. Dave, that calendar on the wall, Jesus is like, you ain't trying to keep no dates. You're, you're, you have no schedule or no plan. That represents lust. But Dave, I want to show you that there's an intimacy with me and there's a, a, a love with a woman in your future that I will show you. And one by one, God started going through the idols in my life and they fell. It was just a matter of time and I had big plastic garbage bags in my room and this one item that came in literally knocked off all the other items and they left. My whole world was transformed when the word of God took residence in my life. It started to change everything on the outside. And I literally thought, no one told me to take these things down, but I literally thought that doesn't reflect me anymore. That's not who I am. I'm somebody else. And so I want to leave you with this. I want to invite you to join us on this 46 day journey. Again, uh, this is uh, something that I wrote, it's something that God put in my heart, um, and it's a, it's a creative way to approach the scriptures. It's a creative way to process the word of God, and it comes from the great commandment. I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. Luke 10, 27, and he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I remember I read this not too long ago and, and I said, man, I wonder, I wonder if I started reading the Bible through that lens. Like, like based on what I just read, how is God's word challenging me to uh, love God more intellectually, love God more emotionally, and love God more practically? So what we're doing is we're inviting you to dive into the Gospel of John and let it hit you intellectually, emotionally, and practically. 
and let this journal-based Bible study um, cause you to come alive in Him and to love others more. This is free. Um, just go to redeem.church. We'll give you a free copy if you're in the area. If you're out of the area, um, then all we ask is for a small donation, just simply for shipping. We're not trying to make any money on this. Um, but what we are trying to do is invite you to an abiding relationship with Jesus because it changes everything. I'm going to pray for you as we close. And uh, don't forget, if you want a copy of this, go to redeem.church. And we're going to start on April 20th. And uh, we're going to just expect God's going to do miraculous things in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. You are so good. Your word is so amazing. And we thank you that you've called us into your story. And the same way your word got inside of me and changed everything, I'm praying that God, you would put a massive hunger and an addiction inside of everybody watching to want your word, to seek your word, to love your word, and God, to go on a journey exploring your word in a way that causes fruit to be born in our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's been awesome uh, being able to share God's love and God's word with you. Um, and if you need anything, you want to connect, you want to get to know us, go to redeem.church, give us your info, and we will follow up. Have a great week.